Good morning and welcome to Gamer Radio, episode 14. I am here with Dan again. Dan, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself? Not too bad. Not too bad. You know, we got some uh, some news about some changes to MTG Draft that I was like, holy cow, that could be a huge deal. Let's uh, Let's talk about it. But first, as always, what are you playing this week, Dan? We're playing Satisfactory. A game okay. that a friend of mine got me into. We've been playing together pretty much uh, twice weekly. Uh, it's about building automated uh, factories. Nice. And what platform is that on? Uh, it's, I think Windows only. Uh, okay. Or PC, I should say. Uh, no, is I, that, we'll, we'll go ahead. Uh, I was going to say that I run it on Linux. It runs fine. Uh, Linux on the Steam Deck or Linux PC? Uh, actually, I tried it on the Steam Deck. Do not do that. You'll get less than 15 frames per second on a very oh, large no. base. Uh, but on PC, it, uh, if it's powerful enough, meets the minimum requirements, it runs fantastic. Awesome. Awesome. So I've been playing kind of a strange game on the PS5. It's also available for PC. Uh, Immortals of Avium? I, I hope that's how you pronounced it. I think so. It, it is like a sorcery spellcasting first person shooter that is uh, super weird. I, I, you know, it's it's so tough for me to describe because I've never tried something like this. And uh, just a, a quick spoiler alert: the studio <laughs> that makes it is now uh, is now out of business, oh. or they, they got they had massive layoffs. At least oh, that sucks. And they, I got the game steeply discounted. Yeah, on the, the Sony Digital Marketplace. So it's kind of one of these situations where it's like, oh man, that's that's lousy. But is it fun? It is fun. I mean, you know, it's one of those situations where I wish they had maybe gotten a second crack at it. Ah. Um, it's definitely different than, let's say, your Medal of Honor or your Call of Duties of the world. And it, it does have RPG elements, but it's it's something unique. I mean, I, I am enjoying it. I actually just finished it. I, you know, I don't think I would play it again. Nothing oh. against it, but it's 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 definitely story driven. So uh, not a, I not, was gonna say very yeah. linear. Very linear, yeah. Okay. But a good game, a lot of good ideas, like it's all based on three different uh kind of like schools or elements of magic and you have to know which one to use and they have different abilities and depending on how you spec out uh, that might be slightly different for you Neat. with I would say like mid aughts shooter level shooting it does kind so it's very ambitious there's a lot of voice acting there's a lot of jeez uh, I don't even know how you'd say it just a lot of production value they tried to hit oh okay so um it's kind of like being a marvel like oh we're gonna do the, the cinematic scenes we're gonna have really professional voice actors who know what they're doing and and uh, yeah yeah it's I, like didn't think about the rest of the game <laughs> well it, le- it leaves one with the impression that they really really thought this was going to be a uh a franchise oh so it's it's good. I mean, I don't know. It is not on sale for the ridiculous like thirty dollars I got the deluxe edition for anymore. 
But if you do see it at a reasonable price, I would almost suggest you get it. Okay. Um, yeah. Sounds good. So explain to me what the heck a play booster is. Oh, the play boosters. Well, uh, in um, Magic's Infinite Wisdom, or I should say Wizards Infinite Wisdom, they're like, we're going to make a bunch of booster packs because way back in the day, we only had draft and that was it. You would just, you get a draft booster pack, you'd open, crack it open for collecting and all that stuff. And life was grand and simple. And they're like, we're not making enough money. So we're going to make collector boosters, but we're also going to make set boosters. And what happened is they just kind of flooded the market and uh, people weren't buying enough draft boosters to actually play the game and set boosters weren't as popular as collector boosters. So they decided to save Magic's drafting and whatnot and not screw over players who don't buy collector boosters. Uh, they've merged draft and set into play. And so the, the play boosters are essentially what you're going to actually use for playing draft uh, and not have to pay like a ton of money collecting the game. If you're, if you want to just start a, a collection kind of without buying singles or without buying the ridiculously expensive collector boosters. So, okay. So the, I guess the challenge here though, is the, you know, the regular draft boosters, you have one rare, a couple uncommons and a bunch of commons, right? Yeah. And, and then like uh, an ad thing or something. I, I believe, uh, for draft, it was uh, 14 playable cards. Uh, it was like, what, 10 commons, three uncommons, uh, one rare, mythic rare, and then uh, a card that just they threw in uh, for a 15-card pack. Play boosters, they're going to change up the formula. Mm. Uh, what, I, I, what I like about this already is you're getting less commons because okay. uh, right now uh, I will just go over what's in the pack. Slots one through six are going to be common, so you're going to get six commons. Slot seven is the list slash common, so you're either going to get another common or you're going to get a card from the list. The list is something we'll go over a little bit later. Uh, slots eight through ten are uncommon, so you're going to get two uncommons. Slot 11 is the rare slash mythic rare, so uh, that doesn't change. Slot 12 is a basic land. Uh, so you're going to be guaranteed a basic land every single play booster. I'm not sure I like that per se, but we'll move on. Slot 13 is non-foil wild card. And so that's cool. It could be a common, uncommon, um, rare, mythic rare. Slot 14 is a foil wild card. So every pack now is guaranteed a foil. And so it could be common, uncommon, rare, myth, rare. And then slot 15 is your ad, your token, your helper card, or art card. So you could have potentially up to four rares in a play booster. Which seems like that could be a bomb, right, in, in, in the draft format. Yeah. So no, no more will there be, oh, I will just draft the rare mythic rare and move on and, you know, because it's worth money potentially. It's like, oh, there's like three mythic rares. Which one do I choose? I mean, you might actually want to build, you know, your deck based on the cards you have selected, not due to just the rarity or uh, what a card is worth. 
So I, I guess my my question here is, you know, they had a, a nice balance in the past, right, between cards that were good uh, in constructed formats, mo- mostly back in the day standard, but maybe more recently Pioneer, and cards that were, you know, commons that were kind of trash commons for those, but were actually decent in draft, right? And you'd see that a lot with, like, maybe slightly off mana curve creatures were pretty, actually pretty decent in draft, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, a lot of I mean, draft. Like the game was made for the this uh, limited format. Like for the most part, there a lot of cards were designed to be uh, draft shaft, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's like if you were playing any other format, you just pretty much ignored those cards. So we'll see how much like this changes in the sense of like how much is actually going to be designed for draft and how much is going to be designed for constructed. Well, or does your drafting strategy just become you find like, you know, a mythic or a rare and that's a bomb and you basically just build around that. So, which which is a format, you know, a, a strategy people do use today. Yeah. But it's a lot harder when there's only one per in that first pack, right? Right. Yeah. Uh I Yeah, I, I would hope that this helps, you know, people stay on theme of whatever they decide to construct or give you more options of like sometimes like I've when I've drafted in the past, it's like I want to play a specific color and type, and then you open up the first pack and you're like well this rare is the best card and it's not a color i wanted to play should i build a deck based off of that or should i try and go with my original idea and which way would you normally go uh i i whatever is the most powerful (laughs) (laughs) i just like uh and it, it's it's kind of worked out for me. Uh, I'm not that great at draft. I'd say I'm pretty decent. It's just, uh, yeah, it, you you just you want to hover around whatever um, power wise, and you just kind of want to uh, keep going into that theme of whatever you just got, and kind of stick with that. If you're all over the place, you're you're not going to have enough cards to choose from to make a cohesive deck and limit it. It's just, yeah. Yeah, I you know I'm I very much enjoy draft on on uh, arena, and I'm super hoping they don't kind of mess this up. It's also the economics of drafts on arena. It, if you could win three matches, are actually super good, right? Mm-hmm. Or relative to the general economics of arena. In in the paper world, I kind of wonder what is going to happen to you know it it seems like it could definitely change the dynamic of well so one interesting side effect is it could make limited players collections actually easier to move into constructed yeah. right if they just have a greater quantity of rares i mean if you ever ever played pioneer your pioneer deck is like all rares right there's very very few almost no commons very few uncommons yeah, it's just again uh, <laughs> when you're playing a constructed format like that, and it has access to a very large card pool. Uh, if you want to be competitive, you you want to play with the more powerful cards, and it turns out that the most mo- more powerful cards are rares and mythic rares. Yeah, which which you know makes sense if you've ever watched the Yu Gi Oh TV show, right? So oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so what do you? How do you feel about this? What is your general impression? 
Uh, I I kind of like it, although I wasn't a big draft player before. Anyways, uh, I I I did open up a ton of draft boosters just to collect a set, and I, I and I would actually buy these uh, the booster boxes uh, mm-hmm. before they created the collector booster boxes. So I never actually got into that in paper. I had way too many cards by that point, and uh, not enough finances to continue that. So I'm like, okay, I'm done with paper. Um, but uh, it, I, I like the way that this is going, though, uh, because, again, I, I think there were just too many commons in a booster pack um, anyways. So the fact that you're getting less commons and more potential other good stuff is, is nice, and I think it'll increase like, uh, the possibilities of interesting limited uh, draft decks. Yeah, I, I I guess I feel like it could get a little more bomby in your you know you there's more of an opportunity to get what are truly awful pulls or or really for your table mates and drafts to get just like bombs right that pack with the four you know rares. Well, see the thing about that pack with the four rares is you're going to have, have to, to spread pass. that out. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah you you don't you're not the one that gets to keep those. You're like, oh no, now I have to give potentially three other great cards to my my opponents. Huh. So we'll see. I mean, now what is the first set this is supposed to happen in? Uh, I believe it's uh, Murder at Karlov. Or I'm not sh- exactly sure how to pronounce that. Now that's that that's that funky. Uh... Uh, like murder mystery gothic, you're in an Agatha Christie style mansion set, right? I actually didn't look into it much, and I probably should have, but I'm. I think you're correct. I, mean, I hope I'm correct, right? It's it's, it's nice to be correct. Yeah. Um. So. Uh. Yeah. I. I just. At this point, I don't even really look into the the sets. That, I mean, the sets come out too frequently now. I'm just like, okay, just want, tell me when one's right about to come out, and mm. I'll look into it. And because again, I just play on Arena, so it's just gonna like, eh, it's just a digital thing at this point for me. But um, yeah, I mean, it, these sets that uh, these recent sets have been really kind of um, on point. I, I really do like the Wilds of Eldraine. It's it's a very nice set, and the Enchanted Tales are also very good. But we're not going to get into that right now. Yeah, the Enchanted Tales are a whole a whole another uh, thing. So okay, so we're, we're talking Murder of Karloff. So we're, we're, we got a ways to go. So this means that the purchase opportunities are play boosters collector's editions and whatever weird crap they're doing with universes beyond yep yep hmm. and uh we should note that they are changing uh the way draft works in, uh, on arena in the sense of it will match paper format so these play boosters will show up in arena once they've released the murder set Okay, so it will be 100% parity. Yes. I think that's pretty good, right? Yes. Yeah. So are you looking forward to it? I I, I am. Uh, I, I actually got a couple of those free um, draft 
tokens when uh, they had an oopsie. So I will <laughs> be keeping those uh, for um, when this comes out so I get to actually try the plate boosters. Yeah, same. I'm going to be holding on to them. I, I actually do enjoy Draft on Arena a lot. It's become my format of choice. Um, but I totally could see this maybe at least changing strategy up some. Maybe it's not as bad as I had originally thought. But yeah. I, yeah. So uh, I, I do want to go back to what I said, though. Uh, uh, bring up the list. Uh, the list is changing. Mm. So, so they are shrinking the list down to 40 cards. And uh, apparently they're going to be legal, uh, limited legal. Uh, I, so I don't know if these are going to be reprints of like standard cards or if they decided that okay, um, they are just going to be legal when they show up. I have, We don't know what is in the list. The list has always been kind of hush-hush. So we're, that might actually warp the format more than just changing how many uh, like rares we're rares getting. Whatever you get, yeah. Yeah, and isn't there something about like historic magic cards or something coming back? Uh, or is that the list? Maybe I'm thinking of that. The, uh, the, the list is uh, usually straight up like we've you uh, we brought the old card design and we are reprinting it. And the only way you can tell that it's a reprint is we put a little planeswalker uh, fork symbol in the bottom uh, left corner of the card. <laughs> we, put, um, we put a little planeswalker in your planeswalker. I hope you like planeswalkers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, um, so we don't know, uh, again, uh, the list has been those reprints all, all over the place. Um, that it's like from vintage to newer stuff, I mean, like rares, mythic rares, commons, all sorts of things, but apparently they are redesigning the list for the play boosters. So we'll see how much that, uh, like gets included and in what it is and, and all that. Um, there's... One other thing I wanted to bring up, and the foil wild card. Getting mm. a foil in every single booster pack, you think is kind of cool. People like foils. And guess what foils do? They curl. Yeah. Because of the way that they're made, the expansion of the stuff, it just, it the cardboard curls. And I wish they would make it better because guess what? When it curls, it doesn't uncurl, and it it gets really really dicey. Yeah, I'm I'm one of I'm very anti foil. I actually try not to run them for that reason, right? Like I, I tend to buy singles for my constructed decks. I tend to want them to last a long time, and even sleeved up foils, you know, just the vagaries of life, right? Moisture, mm-hmm. um, hand oils, stuff like that. It it it's not. Uh, it's just not the most, yeah, right, longevity-preserving way to run things. Yeah, and I have seen some foils, like, they are just completely curled by the time you open the booster pack. And so Ugh. this brings up a new question. If they curl enough and you are playing in a tournament, is it considered a marked card? Um, I would guess so, right? Yeah. So, like, are, are the tournament uh, people going to have to have all these these extra prints of non-foils to replace them for the actual construct or for the limited play? Or is that just going to be or, on you? 
Yeah, I mean, like technically, from what I understand in the rules, uh, they uh, the the tournament organizer or, or wizards is supposed to be able to proxy in cards that are are marked on the sense of like if you if you just got it or something. But I I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I so I would like to know more on like how bad is this curling going to be. And is it going to actually affect real tournaments in saying like, oh, that card is marked? <laughs> like, I, it's just one of those thoughts that I had. I'm like, hmm. Yeah, yeah, because it, it could get it could get kind of prohibitive. If or, or are you responsible for bringing, you know? Because I know I've seen tournaments where like if your card is damaged, depending yeah. on the judge, they will proxy you in something, or they'll just be like throw in a basic land. You're out of luck. Yeah. And it depends on if the judge feels like, was it a bomb, right? Or do they think you did it on purpose? Or is it just like, you know, a, a kind of nothing card? Right. Hmm. Uh, well, you know, this was, uh, they're making a lot of changes. And I, I, I was a little surprised by this one. But if you think about it from where they're going, they really want to... I think encourage people to collect not only like cards they need for specific decks, but they really seem into this like variant idea, right? You don't, you don't, and you see this a lot with the universes beyond stuff. You don't just, you know, or hell, even uh, Eldraine, right? How many different versions, different prints of cards are there in the new Eldraine set? Yeah. Yeah. Just, um, I, my, my two cents is, uh, they, um, Magic is kind of... It seems like it's going really well, and I'm sure they're selling a lot, but the the game itself is being a, a little bit eroded away with how expensive and how much they're releasing products. Yeah, I would agree with that. So. It, it seems a lot like they're uh, they're trying really, really hard to get players to play more or to buy more, co collect more, but almost like play less right the lgs support seems to have gone down quite a bit uh my lgs actually just dropped pioneer uh almost completely wow in favor of popper because it they couldn't get enough people and to be honest the treadmill of having to oh okay well there's this crazy bomb in the set that you have to get or else you know you're going to be getting your ass kicked to you know insert a deck here right? if you if you play standard now Rakdos mid-range, right? <laughs> Shieldred is still eating your lunch. Um, yeah. Folks who I know who play modern are telling me that the one ring is just like ruining the format because it's basically a must run. Yeah, that card is really, really powerful. Right, but I, you know, you feel like there's a strategy tax there because it is the, you know, the uh, one of the most iconic cards from one of their greatest partnerships, the Lord right. of the Rings. So they're not going to like ban it right now, right? Um uh, I mean, the, the bonus is in Alchemy, they did actually nerf it. So. They nerf it, yeah. Well, the, well, And that, again, it seems like they're definitely pushing you towards Arena where they can avoid banning cards and just nerf them. Yep. Um, you know, I, th I think the big counterweight to that is, well, if you play regular standard, it's now a three-year cycle. And <sighs> you're, yeah. you're still playing around Children. Oh, yes. I, for I did forget about that. That, yeah. that sucks. <laughs> Well, it's, it sucks because it, it limits, I mean, you know, I, I think sometimes the, the 
the moaning about Shildred gets overrated, but it, it is a bomb and it is something you have to deal with and it is very hard to deal with in certain colors. So also the current standard is so removal heavy that it, yeah, it can be, uh, you know, you're basically going to hit a few, few uh, archetype decks now, right? You're going to hit Rakdos midrange, mono red aggro. I've seen a couple Azurius soldier decks, but not, like top tier the blue control deck seems to have basically died oh wow or at least they're not ranked up where i am right now so it it you know it's I, you know eldraine did not in my opinion have a big uh, influence on the format the, there is a fairy deck running around a blue black fairy deck but mm-hmm. it's it is not like children eats their lunch every day right, right. swats yeah. them away like little flies so Turns out that card is just really powerful the way that it is. Right. It turns out like mono like my what I play mono red aggro in standard, you just need to kill them before they get shielded out. Yeah. Or you lose. So yeah. It's uh it the game's in a weird state. Uh there's you know, I have behind me three Universe Beyond Doctor Who decks that I have yet to try. And, but I don't I you know, I'm looking I just found out that Fallout is doing a Universe Beyond now. Oh um, yeah, I heard about that. Coming very soon. It it seems to me like a lot of their energy is focused on that commander format, which ironically does not exist on Arena. So Yeah, that that actually just I, I'm very frustrated at Wizards. It's like I like Commander, I like uh Brawl, and you do not release enough like of the cards and paper uh, onto Arena, and then it's like, well, I am uh, the majority of my time, almost like uh, 100% of my play is through Arena. So now I'm stuck with this limited card pool. And it's like, uh, until you quote unquote reprint these digital cards, it's like, eh, I I want, I wanted to like do some Doctor Who stuff, but right. didn't put it on Arena. So, okay, fine. Yeah. Right. It's would, not there. Which is weird because... You know, Lord of the Rings getting a draftable format, I guess, is what made it able to go on Arena. Yeah, Doctor Who not. Mm-hmm. You would think that Doctor Who would have been a gigantic seller on Arena. Yeah, exactly. But such is the state of Wizards of the Coast. So, Dan, where can folks find you? Uh, you can check out my website at uh, daniel.melzax.com. Uh, sometimes I blog there. Uh-huh. Sometimes uh, you check me out on the discord. We are, we have a discord at gamer radio. Come on, check it out. Check it out. Talk with us about games. It's fun or some other stuff. We, we did some interesting things. Just yeah, we, we do play some arena and other folks play different things. It's, it's got a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, variety there, especially with this big uh, winter season coming, right? All the releases. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to this stuff. It's yeah, we, we gotta we gotta set up that Halloween brawl at some point. Oh yeah, that would be great. Yeah, we gotta set that up for the next week or two. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you can find me uh, again in the Gamer Radio Discord, and uh, yeah, we just sent you there. Until uh, next time, happy gaming and try not to buy too many packs. Adios. Adios.